We're going to be in, in John chapter 8. Yeah, John chapter 8. All right. Well, Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for what you did at the cross. We thank you because you rose from the dead. Your word says there would be no forgiveness of sins if there was no resurrection. Y'all know that? The word says that there wouldn't be forgiveness for sins unless he was resurrected. Not just that he died. Pause in my prayer because that hit me again. Like forgiveness of sins didn't happen just because Jesus died. It happened because he died and rose from the dead. That was the critical part to all of this. Not just that he died. All of us die. But the anointed one rose again. And so we have forgiveness. Jesus, thank you because we have forgiveness of sins because you chose to die and you rose again. And you paid a heavy price for our forgiveness, for our freedom, Jesus. And God, right now, we declare the word that says, the spirit of the Lord is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The Lord is the spirit. Come on. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's freedom. We declare that in this house right now. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come in freedom today. We're putting an order in today for freedom in the house, for liberty, for breakthrough. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I want to talk about freedom. Everyone say freedom. Freedom. What, do you th- what comes to your mind when you think of freedom? Something. What was that? Braveheart. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I hate to admit that I still have not watched it. It needs to be homework for me. I should not be able to come to church again until I watch Braveheart. <laughs> How can you call yourself a man? Uh, anyway. What else? Freedom. No burdens, yeah. Peace. I see an open field where the gates open. Like, what? I get, I get to go wherever? Yeah. I mean, I get to choose, and you trust me with that choice? That sounds awesome. That's what I see that. I see that picture. Come on, freedom, liberty. Fullness. I love that. Did you know the word freedom and wholeness go hand in hand in the Bible? That when he set people at, at liberty, when he set people free, it was also the word for wholeness. They were completely whole. They were full of everything that they needed. How many ever think of freedom like that? Freedom means I have everything that I need. Sometimes we think of freedom as I don't have the stuff I don't want. I'm going to say that one again. That snuck in there. Freedom to us sometimes or most often means to us, I get rid of the things I don't want or aren't good for me. But there's another side of freedom where I get all the stuff I need, where I'm completely equipped with everything that I need. See, it's not about the vacuum or the void or the emptiness. It's not about completely emptying ourselves. It's about being filled. Being filled. That's the whole resurrection, death and resurrection thing. It wasn't just about being emptied and dying. It was about being resurrected into new life and fullness. The Bible says that if there was a man who had an unclean spirit and someone cast that unclean spirit out of that man, how many know that's for today? I want to pause. That we're, we're to cast out unclean spirits and demons today, right? It's real. It says if you cast this demon out of a man... And the man goes in and he sweeps his house clean. He gets rid of all the stuff he doesn't want. 
These, this demonic activity once filled this person's life, and now the demon has been removed, has been evicted from his life, and he looks around his home, and he's like, wow, this is actually mine. I'm going to sweep it clean. I'm going to take care of it. He gets his broom out, gets his mop out. He's cleaning all the cobwebs out of the space that now is his. The Bible says that if that man who had an unclean spirit evicted from his heart cleans the space but doesn't fill it, listen to me, but doesn't fill the space, guess what the demon does? He's watching the man clean the space, make room, but not fill it. And so he, the Bible says that spirit, that unclean spirit will go and get seven spirits worse than him and then the, they will go and live in that newly cleaned, empty space of freedom. They will come and occupy that space. And the Bible says that that man's condition is worse than it was before. But he was free. He was set free. Freedom is not just about the emptying of something or the removal of a weight or a sin. Freedom is the, where Jesus pours in his fullness into us and fills all of the space inside of us. That's what freedom is. Come on. The new covenant's different than the old covenant. The old covenant sin was when we did something we shouldn't do. The new covenant sin was when I didn't do the good I know to do. When I, my, I've been set free and I've been cleansed and I've swept all the spaces and all the cobwebs have been removed, but I didn't fill that space back up, then I'm actually sinning under the new covenant because I'm not filling it with the good and doing the good I know to do. Well, Jesus is here today to set us free. He came to set captives free. Are y'all okay? Hopefully it's just, hopefully the word's just penetrating. Today's not just a normal day, okay? We came in and it felt like just, oh, it's just another day. It didn't even feel like a Sunday, right? Some of us didn't feel like Sunday today, did it? It just felt like another day. Well, it felt like a normal day to the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years with her period. You know, this the, the, the word of God. For 12 years, this lady had this issue. They called it an issue of blood. And for 12 years, nonstop, she had her period for 12 years. She went to doctors. She went to everyone she could find and spent all of her money trying to get better. And this was another day for her until she decided. It was a normal day until she decided, you know what? I'm tired of this. This has got to end. And I know that man, Jesus, can do something for me. So if I can, I don't have to talk to him. I don't have to have a face-to-face -face encounter. If I can just touch the hem of his robe, I'll be made well. She put in an order that day of what she wanted from Jesus. Her faith moved her into action. She decided that if I can touch him, I'll be healed. I think if she decided if I can just get in his shadow, I'll be healed. If I can just get close to him, I'll be healed. I think whatever she decided that day, Jesus would have responded to her. Because it wasn't just a normal day to her anymore. She needed freedom, not just to where something stopped, but where she became completely whole in every way. And the Bible tells us she reached out and touched him, and Jesus stopped with all the people pressing against him. It was like a mosh pit. Everyone around him, everybody was touching Jesus. But she touched Jesus differently than everyone else around because she decided to. She decided to. You can decide today 
to touch Jesus differently than everyone else in this room. It could have just been a normal day for you. I'm going to come here. I'm going to do my thing. I'm here. It's a normal, but it doesn't have to stay that way. Jesus wants to set captives free. And freedom, again, is not just breaking an addiction, a bondage, a burden, a shackle. Freedom is where you are now equipped with everything that you need to live in fullness. Everyone say fullness. John chapter 8. Verse 31. Then Jesus said to the Jewish, to the Jews who, were, who believed in him. So they were Jewish and they believed in Jesus. So now they were Messianic Jews. They were saved. He says, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And they're like, all right. Sounds wonderful. And then he says something that puzzles them. <laughs> and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you, I'm going to say free. And they answered him, but we are Abraham's descendants. And we have never been in bondage to anyone. Now that was kind of a bold statement by them because of Israel's history, right? Israel had fallen many times into bondage, into captivity. But they were, they were expressing their superiority when they said that. They were saying, oh yeah, many in our, our family lineage have fallen into bondage and into slavery and have walked away from the Lord, but not us. We are different from all the people before us. We have never been enslaved to anyone. We've never been in bondage. So how can you say that we will be made free? We're free right now. And Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, whoever sins is a slave to sin. I'm going to stop right there. We don't teach this in church anymore because it's not popular, but it's theologically correct for me to say this. If I choose to sin, I will become a slave to that thing, period. All it takes is a moment to break that addiction or break that chain or break that whatever it is, but if I choose to sin, then I will become a servant to that thing. Now, when we're born again, when we give our, our hearts to Jesus and we say, be the Lord of my life, we lose our sin nature. I'm going to dig in this, okay, for a moment. We lose our sin nature. When I say our sin nature, what I mean is that our, our inclination was to sin before Jesus. But when we give ourselves to Jesus, he gives us a whole new nature. So I don't have a sin nature anymore. I have a righteous nature. I can still choose to sin. I can still walk away. I can still be disobedient. I can still do it, but it's not in my nature to do it. So when I do it, it creates conflict inside of me. It creates bondage. It creates tension. And we live in that tension, and we often say, oh, it's because the enemy's battling me, the enemy's fighting. But what we've actually done is we have, we have subverted our new identity and given a foothold to the enemy. And he lies to us and tries to tell us that we're sinful. Like, well, you sinned, you're sinful. No, stop, I have a new nature. 
We have to crucify that flesh that wants to do what we want to do. And so what Jesus is telling them, yeah, you follow me. You believe in me. You're a believer. Then why are you sinning? That's not your nature anymore. Stop it. I will make you free and you will be free indeed. Because if you sin, then you will become a slave to that sin. And a slave, a servant, doesn't abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Come on. And then he says it again, verse 36. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I love that he just said, if you, if you, <laughs> if you are a son, then you are in the house forever. And then Jesus calls himself the son, which he was, the son of God. And he says, if the son, who's a son forever, makes you free, now you're free indeed from now on. And Jesus goes on and he says to them, verse 37, I know that you are Abraham's descendants. I know that. I know you are good people. You come from a a great family history. I know that. But why are you seeking to kill me? And then he tells them why. Because my word has no place inside of you. We'll get back to that in a moment. And he says, I speak what I have seen with my father, and I do, and you do what you have seen with your father. And I'm going to stop there for today. He tells them, you will know the truth. The truth is what is true, what is certain, what is a fact, that which is no longer hidden. What's Proverbs 25 two? We say it all the time. It's the glory of God to hide or to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. Freedom uh, comes from the truth, which means that hidden things are revealed. True things are revealed. Nature is revealed. Free means to be set at liberty, to be released from the dominion of sin. So when he says, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free, he's saying you will know the hidden things that were hidden in Christ before the foundations of the world. They will be opened to you and you will see them in a new light. And that new understanding of that hidden truth from the foundations of the world will make you free. It will break the dominion of sin from your life. This is so good. What is sin? To miss the mark, to wander away from the Lord or from the God's path, to do a wrong thing, to commit an offense, to not do the good we know to do. And he says, I know that you are who you say you are. You're Abraham's descendants, but my word has no room inside of you. What that means there is you've heard the words and you say you believe, but you haven't allowed the truth of my words to penetrate inside of you and to create space inside of you. Space which may be filled or occupied by something else. Here's what he's saying to them. You believe in me to a a measure, but you're still occupied with other truth inside of your heart that hasn't been swept clean and you haven't allowed the truth of my word, the everlasting truth, to move other truths and other things you've believed out of the way and to create space for me to come and make my house inside of you. You have not made room inside of you. You have not yielded to the truth that I'm speaking to you right now. So what's the point? We're we're going somewhere. I had to teach a little bit to get to where I wanted to go. Jesus was telling them that he came to set all of mankind free from the dominion of the enemy. Don't be fooled today. We are in a spiritual war. You're not just in a war against your flesh. (laughs) Come on. Are y'all okay? 
We are not just in a battle of just trying to crucify my flesh and do the right thing. There is a spiritual war that's taking place in our world right now. And it's, it's amped up to the ninth degree right now. Like it's never been before. And there is an assault on truth, on ancient truths and foundational things that I've never heard of before in my life. Things that we've always known are true have been said they're not true anymore. Or we've come up with a new, we reimagined words and definitions. And we're living in a world where there is an absolute evil assault on truth. And what has happened is because we live in this world, when we have not lived out of our identity as sons and daughters, we've invited the world system to educate us. You're like, well, I don't believe what the world believes. But then there are these little areas of compromise and little areas where we actually have an attraction and affiliation, a friendship with the world. Are y'all okay? I'm going to keep asking because my dad used to say, you guys all right? Well, alert your face. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, smiles will help this go better, go faster. <laughs> there is an enemy who's making war with truth. And we have allowed some of the world's belief systems to infiltrate into the church. And it's created this dilemma inside of the church where we're all wrapped up and we're struggling and battling. And we're battling over things that Jesus already set us free from. Come on, listen to me. I bet every one of us could right now think of one thing I wish I didn't struggle with right now. Bam, one thing. Jesus already paid for us to be free from that thing. Why am I wasting my today and my future on something he already took care of? Why am I still facing the same stupid thing when Jesus paid a heavy price for it to be removed from my life? Well, how come it's still an issue? Because it's an issue of dominion. Dominion means authority. See, I can only struggle with a thing I give authority to. Like all of us have tailor-made temptations. Someone in this room, we're not tempted if you bring us a pack of cigarettes. Or, I'm, that's a horrible sin, I'm just saying. I'm not tempted to smoke a cigarette. Like this is not even a temptation to me. But I may have other temptations that you don't have that could become a vice to me, could become something that becomes an addiction to me, and vice versa. It all has to do with what I've given authority to in my life. And my, my struggle with my flesh has become, has in part partnered with the dominion or the authority I've given to other things in my life, other truth in my life. And Jesus wants to set us free from this today. We've got stuff to do. Amen. Come on. <laughs> like Jesus told them, hey, as you go, heal the sick. Cleanse lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, then freely, come on, say freely. He didn't say, as you go, struggle with your addiction. As you go, struggle with your insecurities. As you go, struggle with this, with that, fill in the blank. No, he said, as you go, do the good you know to do because you have been set free from the old stuff. And freedom, again, is not just a breaking free from an old thing, a bondage, an addiction. It is a stepping into the fullness of the things Jesus paid for. So when he says, I will make you free, yes, it's a cutting the ties of the things that are weighing us down, making us slower. 
and it's a filling us with things that make us faster. Y'all okay? All right. He wants to make us free from the dominion so that we could be free from the thief and from the liar. How many of you would make friends with someone who lies to you all the time? Like, honestly, you got someone at work that lies to you all the time, what are you going to do? You're not, you're going to not even be around them. I don't want to listen to you. You're a liar. Our enemy is a liar. Why do we even listen to him? There is zero things that he could speak to us that have any value to our life. Jesus was telling them, I will make you free from sin and from the wages of sin, which is death. I will make you free from the oppressor. I, I can't get away from this. For the last few months, this, this has been on my heart. I want to see oppressed people set free. I want to see people who are tormented set free. I want to see people who are struggling released from their struggle, and not just so that the house can be swept clean, but so that something better can fill it. And Jesus was telling them, this is what I'm offering you. Jesus bought this with his precious blood so that nothing would own us. Come on. So that nothing else could lay claim to our lives. Let's use this example just to paint a picture. Most politicians enter into politics with good intentions. When you say, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle, doesn't matter. They honestly believe, I want to be in politics because I can make things better. Would everyone agree to that? Right. But what happens over time? They get bought. Every single one of them. They're almost, I would say, 99.9999%. There might be one or two really good righteous people in there. I know there are. But the majority of them are owned by something else. Let's use another example. There are famous athletes and influencers all over the world, male, female, all kinds of sports, music industry, entertainment, that don't ever say anything that they believe because they're owned by Nike. And they can't say what they really believe. Because if they do, Nike will withdraw their uh, agreement with them. So what happens? They're owned. They can't be free. I, I, I can't ever find out really what LeBron James really believes because he's owned. That's what I'm talking about here. Jesus is saying, when you sin, you're owned by something. You can't really act the way you really want to or say what you really want to say or do what you really want to do because something owns you and it could subvert your authority. It could call you out in front of everyone at any moment and embarrass us. Come on. And Jesus said, I came to set you free from that torment. That's torment. To not be able to really say and do what we really want to. That's, that's a place of torment. There is a, a girl from North Korea. Her name is Yeon Mi Park. And if you have not heard of her, you need to look her up. 
She was released. She got out of there. I don't want to tell the whole story. I really would love for you to go look this girl up. And I heard her on a podcast uh, with Jordan Peterson. And in this, she begins to talk about the, the torment and the oppression of North Korea that she grew up in. And that now she has tasted freedom. Freedom to say what she believes. Freedom to go where she wants to go. To educate herself in areas that she wants to educate herself. Freedom to do and say and be what she wants to be. And in this interview, she begins to weep as she talks about her father, who is still bound in North Korea and doesn't have freedom. And she's weeping and crying with tears running down her face as she says, I've tasted freedom, yet my father lives in bondage. And she's like, I stepped into this world I knew possibly was there, but I didn't know how good it was until I stepped into it. And she's like, all I want is for my dad before he goes to taste freedom, to breathe free air. And it just spoke to me this week. And I thought, that's what I feel in my spirit for the world. There is a world of freedom there that Jesus paid for. Like, we don't have to do anything to earn this. All we have to do is say, I'm going to touch his hymn. I'm not going to let this be another day, a normal day. I'm not going to struggle with this anymore. I'm tired of this. It's been 12 years. I've wasted all my money. I've wasted all my energy. I've wasted all that I have, and I'm not any better than I was before. But man, if I could touch Jesus, and there are people everywhere carrying heavy, heavy burdens, and I'm breathing free air walking right by them every day singing and dancing in freedom that they don't even know is there because I'm struggling with my crap. Instead of, hey, come to freedom. Come to freedom with me. This is the call for us as a church. Free people set people free. I want to be a house of freedom. I want people to be set free, to breathe free air, to know what it's like to be able to have control of their minds. So many people in the world right now don't have control over their thoughts. They're pulled left and right constantly. The dings on the phone, the social media, the things that we hear through music, uh, education, through entertainment, everything's pulling our minds. We don't even know what we believe because we're not free. We're owned. And Jesus called us to set captives free. He says, as I was in the world, so are you. You hear that? As I was, so are you in this world. In other words, the things, even Jesus said it, the things that I'm doing, you're going to do an even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father and he's going to fill you. Everyone say fill us. (laughs) He's going to set us free and fill us with his Holy Spirit. And we are going to be anointed the same way Jesus was to set captives free free, to preach the gospel to the poor, to release those that are grieving and mourning. And this is what we're called into, not the struggle of Christianity. How many are like tired of it? I'm just done with it. I'm done with it. I, I want to shift my focus on, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to do the stuff he's equipped me to do. And I feel like as I do those things, I'm feeling the space with something superior and all of the inferior is going to disappear. I'm tired of being mad at people on the road. (laughs) 
I'm tired of being mad at people, frustrated. Well, what if I blessed instead of cursed? Well, if I'm spending my time looking for ways to help people breathe free air, some for the first time in their lives, then I won't have to worry about my, my it's so selfish. Do you know how selfish, selfish it is to struggle? Oh, sorry. When Jesus gave us an out, he bought us so that nothing had a right to use us for destruction. Did you know the Bible says that before we knew Jesus that we were objects of wrath? In other words, the enemy used us to hurt God and to hurt other people. But Jesus freed us from bondage to an evil master, to his evil intentions. And he replaced that evil master with a loving one. Come on. One who always has our best interest at heart. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. Colossians 1, verse 13 and 14. I'm going to read the Passion Translation. He has rescued us completely. Everyone say completely. He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness. Come on. And he has translated us. He has transformed us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For in the son, all our sins are canceled. Woo! And we have been released. Come on. We have the release of redemption through his very blood. He has rescued us from the tyrannical rule of the kingdom of darkness. Another translation says he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and has moved us into the kingdom of his marvelous light. When I was thinking about today, I thought, I don't want it to be a normal day. And I want us to just decide that we're going to touch Jesus today, that we will be free. And in my head, that's, Lord, this is what today, I like, Lord, I give today's service to you, but I want you to know I'm reaching out and I want to touch you. Because I don't ever want to be the same. I don't want this church to be the same. There's something really good happening that's being birthed and stirred up inside of us. We cannot, we cannot allow ourselves any longer to be stuck down in the mud struggling when Jesus gave us this beautiful place of Eden. And if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Why don't you close your eyes for one moment? Nothing would make me happier than for you, whether you're in the room or you're at home, to surrender your life to Jesus. Like, nothing would make him happier. The Bible says that when one person turns to the Lord, the angels rejoice. They, they have a party in heaven over one soul. They celebrate. So I just want to ask this question first before we go to the main, the main altar time.
you want to give your life to Jesus, would you just raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> it's not insignificant what we're doing right now. pray a simple prayer. I'm just going to ask for all of you just to say this with me, all right? Lord Jesus, I surrendered my life to you. I trust you. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you're everything you say you are. I surrender my life to you. Be the Lord of my life. Lead me. Guide me. Have conversations with me. (laughs) I know now that I have been transformed from darkness to light. I am a new creation. Old things are gone. All things are new. And I thank you for your blood that made this all possible. just a relief, but a a fullness, a wholeness that will come into your life. If that's you at all, come on up to the front. We're just going to close it out like this. You want freedom, freedom. Tired of the struggle. Maybe it's been 12 years. It ends today. It ends today. There is freedom. The Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. or anything and when Shagoon was up here standing and speaking and I got I heard from the Lord I too felt like it was a day of breakthrough but um, I just felt like that the Lord was calling us to um, repent of allegiance to worldly thinking like I felt like I just stepped in and began and I began to write it down and I didn't know what Jared was talking on but I just I heard the word allegiance that our allegiance and which is like devotion it's loyalty it's our faith but that it's in a, a worldly system um, in that but that the Lord was inviting us to repent of that he really wants us to get to rise above and to take hold of his his ways Um, So I want to invite you to come up here um, for repentance, but ask the Lord to, first of all, if you feel like there there are areas in your life that you recognize, even now, if you just sense Holy Spirit revealing areas in you that you've, that are inferior than what the Lord 
prayed for, no matter how impossible it may seem. Um, I don't know, but I just, if the Lord reveals that, then I want to invite you to come up and repent, but then ask Him to, to reveal what it is. And I feel like um, you may not even know, like we even believe, like some things that I felt and sense, I just felt like, like we've just misplaced our, our fear and we've put it towards a worldly way of thinking, even to the point of being um, bowing to even say, speak truth when when truth needs to be spoken, and then even allowing ourselves to, I don't know, um, kind of become a slave to an inferior way of thinking. Um, and so, I don't know if that if if that's you, then I invite you to come up and. Yeah. yeah, come on. That's you. It's us. We're just going to make this a house of prayer, okay? It's a house of freedom. It's liberty. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come.
you spoke of breakthrough, I really felt when he was talking about, like I really felt it's going to require us to apprehend it. It's going to require us to apprehend it. So I want to invite everyone to stand. And I'm going to ask you to pray. Pray out loud. And I want us to like Terry. Like I, like I really felt like we'll just submit in this moment even I mean just to to wait and and just to put praise on our lips and just to pray if you don't know what to pray pray in the spirit but just pray and when you feel like you might need to stop slow you know I don't know you don't know what else keep praying like I just feel like we have to just keep keep praying let's not be quiet we're a house of prayer. That's our identity. So let's pray.
Spirit, I ask that you would come and free us from the lie that says we are supposed to struggle. And our identity and our purpose has been wrapped up in struggle and fighting and surviving. But your, your identity that you gave us, that you paid for, is that we would be your disciples and that we would go. <laughs> that we would go and do what you did. that tells us that we're just going to struggle, 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 that that's what life is. No, it's not. It's not. We have a purpose. He has given us his purpose. Sorry for using my son, Josiah, as a quick example here. I'm the same way. When there's a day that I know I don't have anything I have to do. Good luck getting me out of bed. Right? Like, I don't have, I don't have anything I have to do. I can sleep in a little bit, right? But man, when I know I've got something that's my purpose, like I have something I'm supposed to take care of, boom, my alarm barely goes off and I'm up. What? I got something, I got, I got something to take care of because I have a purpose. We've been asleep because we haven't realized our purpose. We're like, oh, I'm just going to sleep. There's nothing I really have to take care of. It's just struggle. It's just responsibility. No, we have a living hope. We have a purpose. Come on. (laughs) So wake, awake, oh sleeper. Come on. Would you say that with me? Awake, oh sleeper. Come on, say it again. Awake, awake, oh sleeper. And let Christ shine on you. Awake, O sleeper. Awake, O sleeper. Let Christ shine on you. Amen. Well, be free. If you brought your offering, we have buckets. Shagun has buckets here at the front if you want to give your offering in person. We bless you. I want to bless you again. We're going to do this. I bless you with freedom, with liberty. Not just freedom from something, but freedom towards something. Not just with emptying of burdens and weights, but a filling up with purpose. Come on. I bless you with fullness. I bless you with fullness. I bless you with fullness. I bless you with fullness in Jesus' name. Not with struggle, but with fullness. And I bless you as you go to heal the sick, to set captives free to cleanse lepers, come on, to raise the dead, come on, to prophesy, come on, this is what we're called to do, you're called to do, we're all called to this, I bless you to go and do the things Jesus did, in Jesus' name, bless you, bless you, bless you.